suppose I should check and see my mic's unmuted, but I think that answers it for me. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, I have a little bit of nerves going. So if I start rambling, I apologize. So last week we celebrated Easter and Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And typically this week, the week that follows, we lose the buildup of Lent, of the days of preparation through denying self, the Easter joy. Friends, that good news, that joy is still present today. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb wrapped in linen, sealed away forever in darkness, broken. The story doesn't end there. The story continues. See, Jesus conquered the grave for all of creation. Church, the Lord has risen indeed because God's not in the business of brokenness. God is in the business of wholeness. Hear the word from Luke 24, starting at verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. 
Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I want to invite you to travel back in time to create the scene of this story in your mind. So if you need to close your eyes, whatever you need to do, take that moment, take this moment to do that. So let's start by rewinding time about 2000 years. Maybe you do a quick jump, you teleport there with a spiraling fade, the instant snap of change. Or maybe you prefer to rewind as someone holding that magical button with those two little triangles pointing left on the VCR, having to pause at moments that seem similar to the part you were seeking and starting again. However you choose to get there, we need to get back 2,000 years. But where are we landing in this imaginative jump? Oh, just a road that takes us to Emmaus in the vicinity of Jerusalem. And we're traveling on this road for around seven miles. I imagine in this period of time, seven miles wasn't too far from a typical expectation for a journey on foot. And as all good trips do, you have your walking buddy there with you. Your spouse, a best friend, your favorite child. And did I forget to mention, though, that the mood isn't one of joy and celebration. Hmm, no, this isn't a journey filled with vigor and excitement. This is a journey filled with sorrow and sadness. You see, the two walking to Emmaus had been talking, discussing, possibly throwing a little pity party because they were too focused on the tomb on what wasn't visibly there, on what wasn't before their eyes, on what they felt they lost, a chance at Israel's redemption. These two individuals were blinded because they could not see in the lens of faith through faith. They did not remember God's faithfulness shared in scripture, passed down from generation to generation, from the time of Moses through the prophets, because if they did, I suppose this story isn't one we'd really need to hear. You see, these two persons traveling together, stewing in sorrow together, needed to be reminded that God had not forgotten his people. That all that had happened was necessary so that the Messiah should suffer exactly as he had, so that he may fully enter into his glory. Friends, these two traveling may simply have been overwhelmed with the world So much so that even the testimony of the women at their tomb, at the tomb, and their vision of angels did little to remind them of what Jesus had been saying during his ministry. Yet the story continues because it's one we need to hear. And so enters Jesus. We've been walking. Maybe it's just the beginning, or maybe it's been a few lengths. But either way, Jesus does something interesting. He doesn't make his presence known immediately. In verse 15, it says, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But it continues to say that the two walking don't know it's him, that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. There's no definitive answer as to why, if it's God concealing their sight, if their lack of faith has blinded them, or maybe their allergies were heightened because so much pollen was in the air. Regardless, 
the why isn't as important in this moment. What's important is that Jesus, our risen Savior, has joined this journey, and he has already flipped the script. Because it is this action of coming alongside where Jesus reminds us that God is not, not about brokenness, but that God is about wholeness and redemption. And we see this again when Jesus dismisses what could be perceived as a jab or annoyance from Cleopas. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place here in these days? As Jesus did many times in his teachings, he answers a question with a question. What things? Yes, he knows exactly what things. And yes, he knows their hearts. But Jesus is encouraging them to share with him what has impacted them so greatly. What saddens them so deeply. And they do just that. They tell Jesus what they know about his story. What is a part of our story of salvation. But they miss the key point. Salvation. People generation after generation. And it's in the scriptures. Saddened because Israel's redemption wasn't as they perceived. Saddened because they trusted their sight and not their faith. Were not our hearts burning within us. So much so that before their eyes were opened, they asked Jesus to stay. Were not our hearts burning within us, so much so that they invited Jesus into their home. Were not our hearts burning within us, so much so that they invited Jesus to the table to partake in a meal, to break bread together. And were not our hearts burning within us that when Jesus took the bread, he blessed it. He broke it, and he gave it to them. And in that moment, with the gift of salvation extended, their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Just as the two walking to Emmaus, we are sometimes clouded by the events that surround us. And I wonder if maybe this past year we don't have a fuller understanding of how easily the events happening in the world can fill our minds. It's easy for us to see the pain, the sadness, the disappointment, the struggle, what could have been or what isn't. It's easy to see what seems as the wrongs of the moment, to be overcome by the brokenness of the world. The events, the seasons of our lives that only feel like the heavy weight of burden. Yet, church, just as Jesus was laid in the tomb for three days, battling darkness and death, battling brokenness, that very same Jesus on Calvary, whose blood was poured out for us, was untethered to the grave. That Jesus is the very same one that rose from the dead, and that Jesus who battled death for all of creation, who is the risen Savior, that Jesus is the very same one that came alongside the two walking to Emmaus, reminding them of God's plan from the very beginning. Friends, this week, you may have moments where you connect with the two walking to Emmaus, feeling overwhelmed, 
by the immediate happenings of your life. But I bring you good news. Christ is risen. God's grace extends to us because he loved the world. A grace extended that is greater than our sin and greater than our shame. And may you be reminded in those moments where you find your heart burning within you, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.